welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon. I'm here with. I got to figure out a different word than illustrious. <laughs> you moved again on me. I didn't move. You did. No. Nope. Well, it's Lou Blasi. Now you're <laughs> criticizing me for moving. Okay. Am I in the right spot now? You're I a little. Look fine. You could go to your right a little bit, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I moved to my right. That's okay. It's fine. We're good. Okay. You t- you already distracted me. Distracted. <laughs> I don't you think that's possible. Me? You're complaining about where I'm sitting. Well, maybe if the studio wasn't rearranged every time I came in here for me. <laughs> I do like 14 different shows. There's some there's some rearrangement going on here. <laughs> I know that, but you know, look at my microphone's all messed up. Mm-hmm. Now you've got me off my game in my head because I was talking already, and then I. Well, get your game your face intro. on. So now I don't have a good word for you. So it's just Lou Blasi. He's here. He's moving my stuff all around, and he makes uh, me move yeah. to the right and the all left, right. and I look fine on screen. Oh, okay. except for that weird thing on my hair. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, good morning. Good morning. Today's inauguration day. Yes, it is. We're going to move on from that because we're Are not we? going to go there. What? Are we? Yes. Um, yeah, no, because yeah, I yeah, like I told you, I'm empathetic. I felt the same way four years ago. Uh, well, I think that this is, again, not political. I think that it's just a relief for people to get just a break. Whether whoever, it's just, we're just out of like the, not you know, we're out of the voting. We're out of like just the year in general. I think it kind of revs up for people. I mean, growing up, I always remember coming into election, you're always being hyped up. It's just an in- intense time, but I think everyone can just be like breathing. Hopefully. Yeah, but what Let's happens to people nice. when they think they're at that break moment and they realize not too soon afterwards they're really not? <laughs> I just want to talk about health and wellness today okay. <laughs> and happiness okay. and kindness. No, we can t- well, we can talk about that. I'm sure we will re- veer back, but I yeah. do have a couple things because they're very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but here we are 20 days into January. Yes. And I was going to talk about this last week and the week before, which clearly every time I want to talk about something, something bad happens. I'm sorry. Um, but we're 20 days in and people are starting to report that guess what's failing? New Year's resolutions. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, quick tips. And I wanted to make sure we talk about micro goals. You know, people, as I said, and we've talked about many times, they start off way too big. You right. know, I'm going to lose 300 pounds. I'm going to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to lose. It's the big ones. Or I'm going to make a million dollars. It's those. That's a great end goal. It's an outcome goal. It's yeah. kind of like in sports where people are, you know, I'm going to win. That Okay. But there's a process. And the process is how do you do that? And those are the little micro goals. Yeah. And so what do you set up along the way to get there? And so that's why people tend to, not the only reason by, by any means, but why people tend to fail at this big resolution thing that happens January 1st is because the goal's too big, they didn't have a plan in place, not enough micro yeah. measurement on a daily basis that's tangible, the smart goaling, you know, the something, you know, that's obviously managed, you know, um, uh, oh, I just lost my whole acronym, <laughs> but it's the smart goals, but it's tangibility, like really having accountability, making sure that you have something that's Right. accessible. Um, so that doesn't mean you should give up and start over next January 1st. It means that today on the 20th, instead of losing ground and saying, oh my God, and throwing in the towel and raising the white flag, um, you just you just start today fresh with a new set of eyes or mm-hmm. a new set of thoughts, which is, okay, so if you're trying to lose weight, that always is the go-to for yeah. health and wellness, right? You're trying to lose weight, one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people in the past few weeks make, time and again even, is they don't eat breakfast. 
Yeah. Now, I am notorious in years gone by in poor relationships with food, thinking, oh, and I know the science behind it, and I know it works, that if I make it to two or three in the afternoon and I have coffee and water and whatever, I will cut calories, and I, well, we know that doesn't really right. work. Yeah. So one of the biggest things I can tell you for uh, health and wellness in terms of mental health, because your mental health actually is what guides your body weight, essentially, if people don't realize that, is that if you eat breakfast, even if it's like a yogurt and some raspberries or an egg mm -hmm. and a piece of whole wheat toast or whatever you, you eat, that your body's more likely to create the good endorphins, the good serotonin, the good dopamine, all the things in your body that make it work because it's happier and therefore your body's more likely to be a lighter weight if your if your weight loss goal is that is that you want to be lighter well then you're more likely to be lighter and losing weight if you're a breakfast eater now here's what people have told me over the past two weeks when i say did you eat breakfast they go right to the standard and i didn't really realize this until recently people really go to when you say did you eat breakfast they don't think of something small like two eggs and a piece of avocado what they think of is french toast yeah bacon eggs yeah hash browns you know stacked you know lumberjack plate yeah and and then so it's overwhelming so it's the all or nothing thinking so all these like psychological concepts right. come into it that here they are sitting with a big plate of food in their mind going oh that's going to be too much you know meanwhile they'll eat two pounds of spaghetti on the backside tonight but yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they yeah. go to sleep on it so it's really about that perspective shift and all the things i talk about about okay in the morning get up and have some water and make a little change in your in your daily goal i'm going to get up and have some water right when i'm in the bathroom to brush my teeth and then i'm going to do whatever i do to get ready and then i'm going to have something to eat um it doesn't have to be huge it can be a half a grapefruit it can be an avocado with one hard-boiled egg it can be a handful of berries and some granola but it's just about getting the body started because what it does is it jump starts the body yeah. which jump starts the brain and when the brain feels better and it doesn't feel like it's dragging or it doesn't feel like it's bored or lonely or tired all those things that we've talked about are hungry then it's more likely that you're going to be successful in the goal of weight loss now that also means that you're going to be more successful in whatever other goal maybe it's to you know you have a to-do list of 10 things you're more likely going to get the to-do list done or at least part of it done more than you would if you have had those breakfast items right it's very simple yeah but people that's that is the most skipped meal of the day and it's counterproductive on a metabolism level yes, too because right. you you get your metabolism going by putting something on your stomach and denial of food just slows your metabolism right because your body goes into rationing mode exactly and you don't want you don't want your metabolism slowed you want it sped up exactly and so and and when you it's speed the up, role of water in the morning by the way yeah right and so so when you speed up the metabolism Here's how the, you know, the, the body and the mind speak together. You're speeding up the metabolism. It's also generating your dopamine and your serotonin. So your mood regulator, your feel-good regulator, your anxiety regulator, GABA, it's getting those all moving mm -hmm. to really work well instead of sitting sort of sleepy so that they're moving as well. So not only is your body going and it's getting energy, your mind is too. So they're talking together and it makes you more likely to be successful, makes you more likely to yeah. exercise or to not snack in between because your body's already going. Right. You're not craving something by three o'clock. That's, you know, so that leads into that next piece of that. 
three o'clock in the afternoon, which is really the common dip time for people as people like, you know, that uh, mm -hmm. lethargic piece. It's because usually breakfast has been skipped. So people do the crash, you know, bagel yeah. <laughs> or Snickers bar. And, and hey, we love bagels and Snickers bars, but, you know, obviously that's not going to keep us from going into glycemic <laughs> <laughs> hell right yeah um so by three o'clock if you if you have not eaten breakfast that is protein based or something that has energy and then you're doing crash foods like quick banana bagel um snickers bar yeah by three o'clock you're dragging so it's the setting yourself up wait for, a second did you say bananas yeah well so if you only so bananas burn fast so you need a protein source with it yeah so bananas great that's a better choice than just having like a bagel right. and then some chips and then but Bananas will only give you so much, and then it's a quick burn. Yep. And and it's a it's a quick burn, but long. But it will still give you that drag because then you're still going to be wanting something because you don't have, you know, like I tell people if they're going to eat a banana, have it with some almond butter or peanut butter. Yeah. With it. And usually should, a protein bar. Right. For or, me. Right. <laughs> or or a protein bar. Yeah. Right. But some people. There's a psychological component, as you know, to food and what it looks like and how it feels. So protein bar, and if you people aren't watching, I'm holding up my fingers into this little <laughs> teeny bar. So for a lot of people, protein bars are really small, and yeah. that's not a lot. Even though they're packed with anywhere from 150 calories, in some cases, to the, those big protein bars that have, I think, four or 500 yeah. in them. So, so that, to some people, looks so small and interprets to the body, and the mind tells the body that it's really small, they haven't eaten a lot, even the calories are there, yeah. versus a banana, bigger, much more tangible visually, and you put like a big spoonful of some yummy yeah. spread on it and then all of a sudden it feels more so it's a psychological dance mm -hmm. to yep. make the body and the mind work together to think you're more satiated now anything that has a higher water content in it is going to make you feel more full and it's going to last you longer throughout the day to get you to the next meal and you won't be as craving as much of yeah. the junk mm -hmm. um the denser the calories like red meat is dense. It doesn't have a lot of water content. We all love it, and but it's just, you know, not really the best caloric intake when yeah. you could have something different like a sweet potato. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really finding those foods in the morning that are going to give you the best caloric content that is that is low in density of caloric content because of the water content so that means you've got your your eggs are sort of in, in between yogurt is definitely like that fruits are definitely like that um even you know it's better to have grapes even though i'm not a big fan of doing grapes all the time because they have high sugar grapes are better than like raisins yeah people are like i had raisin bran it's healthy but raisins and raisin bran yeah. are condensed sugar and they have no water content so they're harder to burn right. in the same way as a grape mm -hmm. so there's all this science behind making your blueberries mind good blueberries good. are basically are you can basically go nuts on blueberries if you want right to. so blueberries yeah. strawberries raspberries mm -hmm. grapefruit apples um kiwi pomegranates they're all good water content and you know they're kind of in that zone of like a, a low density um caloric issue because they don't have the carb content so to speak you know yep so for people that do keto that's very keto friendly so for people 
wanting to lose weight, controlling your hunger is important. And what you need to understand is sugars burn first, carbs burn second, protein burns last. So, essentially. Essentially. This, yeah, essentially. I mean, they burn together, but yeah, they're the way that they're spread protein out lasts, for like, timing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's what the body will use the fastest and what they'll use, what it will use. And so when you don't have breakfast, right, to that mm -hmm. point, and here's where the mind gets into that fog and people feel like they can't be productive is when you don't have breakfast and you wait till three, four, five in the afternoon, um, you you end up drifting along and and your body then starts going into the store from the day before and you know and then it taps out because usually it runs out. Yep. So you know and, and you know people tell me all the time I've been doing this for years. So I admittedly cuz I was a gymnast <laughs> didn't have the best relationship with food. Now, yeah. people that were around me that raised me in gymnastics and all the coaches and, and people in my life around that would deny that that is actually the truth. Right. But I'm telling you, as the person <laughs> who experienced it, I was very good and very well trained at not eating anything all day, all the way up until dinner. And I could still do that. But I definitely tell the difference of yeah. what it is. So I've had to retrain. And, and athletes are notoriously poorly trained sometimes. So notorious and poorly trained sometimes to do that. And, um, and it's an active event in my head to always get something for breakfast and, and or try to eat something small. I'm not a big fan of it because I'm, my brain's so trained that don't do that, don't do yeah, that, really, don't huh? do that yeah. because I was trained not to do that. Still, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was walking out the door this morning and I have to go through this brain gymnastics of – I had to come back in. I grabbed my yogurt. I usually throw raspberries or something in it. And then I had my spoon. And in my head, I was like, oh, don't take that because you won't bring the spoon back. <laughs> and it was my justification for not taking the yogurt to eat it. And so then I did anyways. But it's a force. Sure. Because then what I would do, because I don't get out of here, as we know, till 11 o'clock, then I'm already into, oh, I already missed breakfast. I'll just wait till lunch. And by the time I get lunch on a Wednesday, it's like three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So if I'm lucky, so, cause I go right from this to work. So, it, you know, it's, I have to force it because I'm so well-trained that I could skip, I could skip a whole day of food because I've been trained to do that. Yep. So for me, it was the focus on total calories yeah. an over-focus on total calories. And it was like, I didn't, wasn't always particularly hungry at breakfast. So I'd say to myself, if I skip, I'll get more calories I can spend later. Right. But then the the balance of it is that that doesn't work for your body. It's not no. the, it's not the way you need to go about it. So I, in a lot of cases, I had to force myself to eat a little breakfast. Right. Well, I wasn't it's, not wanting to. It was <clears throat> this is the smart thing to do, even well, though I'm spending calories and yeah. I'm not really hungry right now. Well, so it's yeah. So it's not a matter of that I didn't want to. It's a matter like I just said I was trained and like and I enjoy yeah. I enjoy a a good breakfast but i just never was trained to do that so it's not on my radar i have to actively cognitive behaviorally you know psychologically make that thought become the feeling to become the action to yeah. do it or else and then i'm always like oh yeah that felt good and and then i'm not thinking about food which i will do off and on off and on off and on and i'll do what you were just saying is like back in the day i'd wait till five six and then i'd be able to eat because I knew I hadn't eaten anything, so I would eat yeah. tons, and then I'd go to bed on it and feel terrible. So, that, I mean, that's a long time ago that I've done that. But now it's very specific to make sure, because I don't, I don't, I'm not hungry in the morning. Yeah. And that's specifically because the area of the brain that's the, the control center, 
for that is the emotional center, right? The limbic system has the hypothalamus. Mm -hmm. The hypothalamus controls is our on-off switch for hunger and many other things, but that's one of them. So, you know, that's where eating disordered behavior begins and ends. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you train that hypothalamus to turn on, because you've restricted and only allow it to come on when you want it to, right. or to turn off because you've restricted and you only allow it to go, right? Or if you're, you know, on the other side, people who are obese, right? They keep that hypothalamus always on. Yeah. Because so, so for people that are anorexic, which I'm not either, it's the off. It's just trained to be off. Now, as a gymnast and all my friends that I know that had eating disordered behavior, um, they kept it off. I never got to that level, but I certainly, I was always monitoring it because I knew because I was watching. Yeah. And I just had some psychological training with a sports psychologist that I was coming up to, even when I was little, who used to tell me about it. So I knew how to play with it. But that's kind of a crazy thing that yeah. <laughs> I knew how to play with that whole thing in that area of my brain, even when I was like 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. I remember conversations about it. So it's, you know. How do you play with it? You what? How do you play with it? How do you play with it? By by either restricting, um, the more you restrict your calories, um, the more you restrict eating. I shouldn't say calories because yeah. it's not the calories. It's more restricting. And then when you eat and the timing and how much you eat in those times, that starts training the brain, that piece of the brain to stay off so it doesn't send the signal that you're hungry so that when you would normally say, like normal normal person would get up in the morning and be like, I'm hungry, Right. That doesn't turn on. And that would last all these years with you? Oh, yeah. Because you would think once oh. you change your behavior a little bit, it would reprogram. So, like like with anything that we've talked about, right, the brain has, I, I visualize it as train tracks. And we, we make routes down the train tracks over and over. And they're always there. So what we do when we change a behavior is that it's kind of like putting a um, relay station, right? The thalamus in the brain is the relay station for the emotional center. When we relay the station to another set of tracks and we reform them, like by eating breakfast, we've laid another set of tracks, but those old ones are always there. Oh. So... <laughs> Interesting. They're very easy to go back to. So a lot of times when people like, so let's take a, an example of someone who has anger issues. This is, this okay. is why all you therapists ask, how is your relationship with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, so that was funny. Um, That's true. It is it's funny because well, it it's true. It is one of the reasons because yeah. it's, 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 you know, how did the train tracks get laid? That's, yep. you know, and so if you have someone like with an anger issue, the anger issue doesn't come in adulthood. It's usually in childhood, to mm -hmm. your point. Yeah. And the tracks are laid for the coping strategy of anger as whatever the coping strategy was taught or shown or how the child right. became able to deal with something. So those train tracks are laid out, laid out, laid out. And all of a sudden, 15, 16 years old, say the, the kid gets in trouble for something that they've done out of anger. Now, they recover they rehab themselves they go to therapy and they make these new train tracks you know and then no issues with anger and then all of a sudden at 30 they get in a fist fight and punch someone and end up getting arrested or so, you know yep. and then they say oh this person never had that issue when you go in and you do a, yep. a psychological evaluation yeah they did they're not an angry person necessarily but they had those train tracks laid already mm -hmm. as a coping strategy that allowed them to access the train track right. to go down that road same with food same with um happiness is the same way the you know you know some people are over the top happy yep. they have great train tracks for happiness 
to their deficit because over the top, you know, happiness makes a person miss a lot of other things in life that make them very naive or make yep. them sidetrack um, self-awareness and, right. and things that might be dangerous to them emotionally or physically or financially or relationally. So, I mean, so every train track that's laid the better self-awareness you have about your train tracks, then the better yeah. you'll be able to make relay stations. So going back to the, the commentary I was making about eating is I had very specific train tracks laid that were about, you don't need to eat breakfast. Lunch was, I was always starving because I went to a school where they, I went to Catholic school. So they, they doled out like very specific amounts and they were very gender biased. So little girls got less and I was an athlete. Really? So I was always starving. And so I'd come home and be ravenous and have like peanut butter and jelly sandwich yep. and soup. And, and then I would be in the gym. But they would, so I had some training going on all along the way yeah. of turning off my hypothalamus because, you know, some by choice, some by not choice, some by just the environment because that's what it was doing. And then by the time I'd get to dinner, eight o'clock at night, I'd be starved. There were gender portions and. Catholic huh? school? They were gender they, portions they in would, Catholic so, school. Yeah, it was crazy, um, and and it didn't it didn't last long in terms of me because I went home and complained. I was little. I remember like probably seven or eight years old, second third grade, and I remember going home saying, "I'm so hungry because they the, feed girls less." <laughs> the 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 nuns mm -hmm. said, "Well, little girls don't eat that much, so you can't have seconds." Wow. And. And that changed. I can't remember exactly yeah. how long it took because I just, but I just know, but then I know that I also got a hard time for it because my parents came in and said something to the principal about it and didn't want me to be stuck without extra if I wanted because boys were getting it. Yeah. But the nuns felt that little girls didn't have to. And there was a big thing about it. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you know, you know how that is. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but so to that point, and I'm using myself as a personal example, is you have very specific environmental factors that really shape so many things in your life. And and so when you're trying to be a healthy, well person, it, like around weight, mm -hmm. and it's, it you know, you don't have to know all the things I'm saying about this, but it really is beneficial to know somehow some of the mechanisms of why we eat breakfast and yep. why it's important to at least have a, you know, snacks that are healthy and really moving forward your day and how to manage that and how to spread it out and why we do that. You don't have to have three huge meals. You don't have, to, it's right. more about really understanding like what train tracks do you have laid down that have a narrative on them that say do this. So if we go to the other side and we look at people who are, are extremely overweight. Well, I mean, there's examples. Most most people that I treat and that I know that have overweight issues, they're very sedentary. Their lifestyle growing up is very sedentary, and they'll be de defensive to say, "Oh no, but my parent, my mom did these things. My mom was a gardener." <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> or my dad went to work every day, but he sat at a job, you know, or, you know, so there wasn't a lot of, or, or I played, you know, basketball or I played hockey or I did this for, you know, three years, yep. but they were, you know, eight to 11. And yep. so the, the train tracks that are set are what is role models. So there's something to be said for social observational theory and cognitive theory, which is we do what we see. Our narrative is set for us. And unless we 
feel it's bad for us or unless we know something is wrong, then we likely will stay with the course because it's what we know. Right. So people who have the obesity issue, their train tracks are laid that that they eat out of usually emotion. It's usually, you know, we've done the halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It's not typically because someone's hungry at that point. It's because there's a level of tiredness Mm -hmm. because they're sedentary. They're um, lonely because it's lonely. Even if you're in a relationship married with children and you're heavy, there's usually loneliness involved because there's a level of the continuum of anger. Now, when I say anger, anger has lots of meanings to it. The continuum is long. It's resentments, frustrations, agitation, sadness. Mm-hmm. That's on the continuum. So anything that falls on that continuum that would drive a behavior of self-soothing through food, and people go to the self-soothing foods because self-soothing foods create the dopamine, the feel-good right. neurotransmitter that makes you feel good, and then it passes. And They're so called happens? comfort foods for a reason. Right, yeah. right. So so we go to mashed potatoes, french fries, yep. chips, cookies, crackers, heavy dips, sauces, you know, things that are going, but, and then the more you reinforce it with more of those things, you're negatively reinforcing it, which is giving you train tracks that are gonna make you heavier and heavier and heavier. To put a relay station into that, you know, not even literally it's literally gastric bypass is the relay station for a lot of people to get a jump start to a different train track gastric bypass surgery is fantastic for people however that's a dual diagnosis isn't it right yeah. and that's and that's the thing is people people don't want to i've worked with over my career i've worked with many people who've had it or getting ready to have it and i've counseled them and the the sticking factor is that it's I want instant gratification. I'm going to do this surgery. I'm going to lose all this weight. And then there's a couple things. When a person doesn't have the weight loss that they're supposed to have prior to the surgery, they can't get the surgery, so they have to lose 30 pounds. And most of my clients have been able to do it because... Is that requirement physiological or psychological? The <laughs> So there's two things. Yeah. It's, they it, want to see you're capable of doing it? There's, yeah. there's many doctors that I've worked with that require it because it's physiological, healthier for the person to lose that amount of pounds. So it could be 25, 35, 40, depending, you know, on the weight. Right. So physical to bring it down. But the doctors usually have me doing it with them because the weight loss is to see how important can the person stick to uh, a structure? Can they really? Can they have breakfast, lunch, right. and dinner? Can they take the weight down in, a, in the 30 days that they usually are given or the 45 days that they're given before surgery is really approved to show that they have the um, stress tolerance? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about will and want. It's about do they have the stress tolerance to sit with their feelings, work through the emotional stuff with me to be able to stay on course so that when they do the surgery, because the surgery can be dangerous after, well, during, but it can also afterwards if you don't maintain what the lifestyle changes are, and it's not a diet. If you can't do that, it's can potentially be fatal. Yeah. And and you know, because you're bypassing the bypass. And I've had I've had a client have to have it again, and and we've <laughs> yeah. You can have it twice. You can, it's unusual, but yeah. I've had a client have it again, um, and I said to them. This is, you are very lucky you're getting this second chance. Um, it was a highly unusual situation. Um, 
and it's really not because the bypass didn't work, it's because their cognitive ability to stay the course because of the train tracks that they had about being sad and lonely just weren't right. diverted and relayed away from that enough because they really just felt like most people. It's a quick fix. It's going to fix it. Yeah. But the thing is, it's underneath. It's it's a Band-Aid. Yeah, it's great. It might help you lose 100 pounds, but then it can come back on and people don't realize that the weight just can come back. Yeah. And um, even though your stomach is much smaller and you have this bypass or you have the stomach stable, whatever you have for the surgery, it still is, it comes down to what are you doing with the way you think that makes you feel a certain way, which makes you eat or you, not eat. You can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The definition of insanity. insanity. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it's so so what works for me and obviously I'm not in a therapy session so I can share my own personal experience here is that what works for me and what has worked for me because I have had a poor relationship with food over the years due to my sport which is really common um is that being super aware of what I'm doing why I'm doing it when I'm doing it and I've had my weight pop up in the past 10 years and down because of my job <laughs> my job because yeah. I sit so I've had you know I sit a long time during the day so I have to put exercise on the front end of the day which i did this morning i was yeah. already at the gym and i have to put it on the back end of the day I you have don't to lack do... for exercise you what as much as you sit you, you don't lack for exercise i don't lack for exercise yeah. but the amount of time i do sit if i didn't do that because of my i am aware of my sedentary yeah. job lifestyle that um i'd be very large because i have obesity in my family huge mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and no pun intended on that. I have an enormous amount of, I can't get away from the words. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, Keep so, going. <laughs> so, and, 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 and all kidding aside, when you're a person in a family who has either one way or the other kind of eating issue um, for health and wellness, and you see unhappiness, and you don't pay attention to that, and you think, well, this is, this is just my genes, that is not true. Right. That is not, that is a, that is a justification, minimization for yourself. It's a defense mechanism and it's a load of crap yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just an excuse that you're making. And that doesn't mean you have to be skinny and a model. It means that you need to look at your lifestyle and what you have modeled to see if you can be healthier. And that doesn't mean people are like, oh, I have to lose weight. Well, and I say, let's not get on the scale. Let's not do weight. Yeah. Let's, and you know this, yep. I'm like, let's just see if we can make some changes to feel better. Let's increase water. That's where usually where I start, going back to the beginning of the show. Small little steps. Let's do water. I can tell you 99% of my clientele, and I have many people I see, they don't drink water. No water. I'm like, what'd you drink today? Coffee, soda, full sugar, yeah, yeah. tea, uh, protein shake, uh, you know, Where's the Are you water? telling me tea doesn't count as water? Well, it does, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same thing. It has water content, right? So I would give tea more water content than I would give coffee, as I have my coffee here. But I've already, I've already had thirty-two ounces yeah. of water today. I struggle with this. You struggle with water. I struggle with the water. Yeah. Right. Why? Tell me why. Let's do therapy, Lou. Because it seems like an enormous amount of water you want me to drink. It's Much more than I desire. It, it's almost forced. I've, I've gone on these things where. I'm going to do this for a while, and it, it feels forced. It feels like I'm drinking way too much water. So you're not, well, you can, so you do have to be careful with that. So instead of it being like a forced thing, I always just tell people to keep water bottles around them at all times. Yeah. And that 
like you just keep drinking, drinking, drinking like throughout the day. Like you aren't with me all day, but if you were. Yeah, plus, I have to go an hour at a time without going to the bathroom. <laughs> which I do too. You know, at a certain point, that becomes a problem for me. So if you, if you, it's that's yeah. kind of funny. If you ask my clients, yeah. right, in between every single one of them, they're funny because outside my in my waiting room, I'll come out and I'll be like, "Hi," and I'll go right past them, like, "Go right in," and they always know they're like, "She's going to the bathroom," because yeah. <laughs> they know. Yeah, <laughs> it's always the that's yeah. my bathroom pass right and that's and that's because i drink all that water um so i feel your hour-long pain to have to wait but um it is it's so there's the train track you're not used to having that train track it's not typical you know it's something that's good for you but it's like ah so there's that's the common issue that comes up is do you want to change the train track it's it's funny because one of the things I, i relate to a lot is when i i have a cousin that i'm very close to who's in texas Yes, and I went down to visit him a couple summers ago. It was the middle of, it was the middle of July, yes. and it was they were in a, a stretch of, I think it was 15 days over 100 degrees in there. Yes. And I went down there, and uh, when I go down with my cousin, like we're going out to eat all the time. We just go out to eat, and so I was worried about putting on weight while I was down there. But I was drinking water nonstop because it was just damn hot. I lost weight. Yes. You know, it was it was incredible. That really stuck out in my mind because how yes. did I lose weight? I ate I ate unbelievably down there. Well, and that's But I I think it was because I was just constantly with water in my water. hand. Yeah. Right. And so and well, and that's the thing. Water has such a great benefit psychologically for people and you don't you don't even have to do anything to like get there and and you don't have to see a therapist, you don't have to do any of that. If you're a water drinker, it can solve a lot of your emotional issues on a day-to-day basis because you're hydrating your body so your body isn't searching for something so Mm -hmm. if you're an anxious person now i'm not saying it's going to take your anxiety away no but what i am saying is when you're hydrating your body and you're doing that consistently throughout the day if you have aches and pains oftentimes that alleviates some of those if you have stress on the body because you're under stress emotionally it will alleviate some of that because it's allowing your body to metabolize and function through all the stuff that you're doing in your body it's with... one less thing the body's worried about right yeah so one so major you... thing i should say so if you're yeah. a person that is not a water drinker for instance and you're an anxious person and you're drinking coffee all day and you switch over and then you have Diet Coke or you have Coke and soda or Mountain Dew or whatever, or you're a depressed person, it, without the water, your body is constantly churning the cortisol, the stress hormone, and it's also doing the GABA neurotransmitters through your gut with the serotonin, your mood regulator. And people don't realize that that like it's just dehydrating you. So coffee is a dehydrator. Right. It's a diuretic, and right? It, right. And yeah. it, so it's Caffeine just, is a diuretic. Right. So it's yeah. dehydrating you. In your body but what it also does is it dehydrates your neurotransmitters that make you feel good so your feel-good chemicals are getting the water pulled from them essentially if you can visualize it like that yep. so that when that happens your anxiety goes up and your emotional mobility you know your laws get worse mm. so people don't realize that water is not just you know to just drink and it's so important for so many things and that's why i say okay if you can make a little change in your first 20 days of january now that you've fallen off the wagon and you can't lose the 400 pounds you wanted to (laughs) in the first 30 days right because you know this is the lofty goal let's just start the day with some water and it's and then because you're getting a sense of accomplishment and it's like oh 
I'm doing that. Can we go back to that beginning? Because I wanted to pick sure. up on that. You say people are saying they're failing their New Year's resolutions on yes. January 20th. Yes. And unless your New Year's resolution was, I'm going to lose 50 pounds by January 20th, you haven't failed. You can't right. fail on January 20th. It's just realign, you know, <coughs> uh, you know, adjust, you know, change your game plan. If it's not working the way you want it to, change your game plan. Right. Plan. So, so at this level, you know, obviously the exaggeration and the hyperbole that I'm using is, is more, so I can give you at least three examples right now that the goal of three of my clients has been that they wanted to lose 20 pounds by the end of January. Yeah, that's so hard. And we're January 20th. I've got two of the clients who've lost zero because one, you can think of a variety of reasons, right? The amount of pressure they put on themselves, yep. the, so, right? Actually, a couple of them have gained because I'll tell you why in a second that they've gained, yeah. I think. And then I have one client that's lost five pounds. That's reasonable. Yeah. But they're failing because yeah. in their mind, it's 20 days in, there's only, you know, 11 days or whatever left. And they're like, I'm never going to make the 15 more pounds. And I'm like, right, you're not yeah. because that's not how you lose weight. And I've talked to them about this ad nauseum. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, you know, and until a person, and, and they know everything I've said here today from me, and I keep re rehearsing it with them, but it, I call it the I know gene. I know. I know, I know, yeah. and then I usually say, but you don't, Yeah. because <laughs> if you did know, one, you wouldn't be here asking me and complaining why you haven't right. gotten there yet, so you don't know, you just think you know, yeah. and you don't, and usually they say, you're That's right, a version. That's a version. That's trying to quell the conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's not I know. It's it's like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like I know. Don't talk to me about yeah. it. Right. So exactly. So they don't know. And so so and then the so a couple of reasons why because I know there's some listeners out there that are in this camp about this because I know some of the listeners and um, you're you're at the 20 day mark and you haven't lost half the weight you set a goal for because the body doesn't lose weight like that that fast mm -hmm. and if you were starving yourself you which some of you are that's still not going to work as for what i said in the beginning and or you've all of a sudden increased your working out and weightlifting, so you've converted some of your yes <laughs> your, you've converted some of your fat over to muscle now that you know one pound of fat is still one pound of muscle but now it moves on the body a little bit differently You've increased maybe some food intake because your calories are burning. So now your weight has gone up a little mm -hmm. bit because yeah. you're converting and moving and shifting. If you stay, I keep saying, if you stay the course and you keep on the, on the, the mental map we've made, this will start working. But it's that panic effect of, I've yeah. gained five pounds. Well, right, because you've been working out. That's and, the workout paradox. First of all, right. you convert fat to muscle. Right. And secondly, you... You increase your calorie intake because you're working out. The body right. wants food. Right, and so and so people, you know, you know, this one particular person I'm thinking of is like they've they've converted, and you can definitely tell that in the past 20 days some of their body has shifted, you know, and it's the debate of which weighs more, five pounds of fat or five pounds of muscle. <laughs> They're the same, but it's how they look on the body, yeah. right, and how right. they right, and then they've increased instead of eating, you know, they cut out the bagels, the pasta and all that, they've, they've cut that out. But what they've done is they've increased like chicken and fish, protein, protein.
protein's going to pop the weight up a little bit because yep. it's going to help you burn. So it's, you know, I always say it's like you're riding to the top of the mountain and all of a sudden when you get to the peak, then your body's going to be at a level in a steady state where it's now going to start to burn appropriately. But you're just getting it, it's like you're getting it primed. But people get panicked because their goal is to lose weight, not to gain. And they see those pounds. And I'm like, yeah, but it's only a couple pounds. That's water weight. It's salt. What would you eat last night? What would you eat two days ago? Yeah. It, 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 but people are so much in the moment of, oh, my God. So instead of staying the course, they throw in the towel and say, forget it. I'm not doing it. It's not working. Yeah. And I'm here to say, don't do that. You're on the right course. By the way, I'd say on the 20th, you may you should have only weighed yourself twice. Yeah, well. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if that. Well, you know, people don't do that. I know. They weigh themselves every day. Every I'm still, day. Or sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times a day. I'm and, still 30 to 40 pounds down from my top, and I was at the point where I'm weighing myself, and if I gained a pound or two, I'd be upset. And I knew, even if I knew I was weighing myself at the wrong time of the day, first of all, but so I just stopped weighing myself because well, it's go. about how you feel, how you look. Right, but yeah. it's so to get someone to believe that, yeah, is because that'll drive you nuts. Huge, it, it's because defeating. the scale is such a number. You know, it's like looking at your bank account. Yeah, it's the the, the numbers mean something. Again, the tangibility, and I always say to clients that are doing the weight loss thing is five pounds, or two or three pounds on a day to day shift is that's water and salt, that's. Or someone will say, or I get an admission here and there. It's like, but I didn't eat anything yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's why you're up three pounds today because you didn't eat anything, right. you know, uh, because you're trying to cut to think that you're going to make this certain weight today and then you're going to go out and have, you know, right. whatever it is. Um, so in terms of psychology, you know, weight loss and getting control of your emotional life are hand in hand. Yeah. Um, and people just don't realize that. They That's separate why them out. Psych psychologically, I think it's just such a great starter activity. Yes. Because once you learn the skills to learn weight loss, become more aware, become more cognitive instead of associative on that issue, right. you can bring those skills to bear on anything else you're dealing with. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And if, you have, and if you're disciplined in that knowledge base and awareness base, that's where to your point, it goes into yeah. other areas. Don't say you know. discipline. What? Don't say discipline. Okay, I won't say discipline. <laughs> say if efficient. You're, if you're efficient? Yeah. Okay, if you're efficient. If you're good at it. Yeah. If you're, Well, okay, so disciplined is my word. Discipline requires it, it, a ver uh, austerity, which right. people don't so like. Yeah. Maybe if we say, if we follow the plan. Yeah. So, and you can get off the plan and still not fall apart. Yep. People think if they make the one slip, we have slips, we have up and down. I mean, it's just, this is, and that's day-to-day -day life. You know, I have clients that come in and say, I want to be happy like so-and-so. And to get a person convinced that a person, other people aren't happy 24-7. Right. That's a, that's like weight loss, right? It's like when you're having someone that their goal is to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I say, what does that look like? And then they give me an example of like, well, this person in my life is always happy. And I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah. Because they always look happy. I'm like, yeah, but you don't know what's going on on the backside. You yep. don't have any clue what's going on on the other side of that. No one is 100% happy all of the time. Right. But that's like saying, look how thin, you know, I get teenage girls do this all the time. Look how thin my friend Sarah is. She's so thin. I just want to be thin like her. I'm like, well, that's coming probably at a price. And I'm like, what does she do to get there? She's like, oh, she eats everything. And I'm like, 
Mm. And you find out over time that Sarah's friend is usually running 10 miles and restricting and drinking tons of water, you know, doing all the the tactics of, you know, bad relationship with food thing that we've all socially normed into as as young women. Or athletes in many cases. Maybe they went to Catholic school. Or going to Catholic school. (laughs) Darn nuns. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're just 15. Huh? Or they're just 15. They, well, and, and so teenage, yeah, yeah teen, you know, yeah. from, you know, 11, 12. I know there's a variance in in body yeah. styles, even in the age group, but. Well, and that's the thing is you see, you know, you, I'll get girls in my office that will say, I, you know, that are legit like 5'1", and they're comparing to their friend that's 5'7", who's like a stick, and saying, and they're, and the girl that's 5'1", is heavier, and they don't have the same eating, and they don't yeah. have this, and I right. have to go through you don't have the the length that this girl has and you're also just starting hormonal changes and but to convince someone at that age that that's what's going on because they only see what they see and that's a train track the train track is the social norm of i want to look like that and if i can't i'm less than um and then you get kids that clearly um and and this is for adults too that clearly know that you know they're five seven and they want to look like their friend that's five seven who is an athlete and who does those things and the person who's overweight that's five seven is 16 years old saying oh i you know i i dance and i but they you know that's two hours a week and they're enormous and then they eat you know a sleeve of oreos and then they eat uh you know a whole thing of chips and they eat like tons of stuff for dinner and then they eat a salad well i had salad today well, you're not going to look like your friend who isn't eating all those things. But you're given the solution. In other words, most of the uh, talk around this, most of the articles, most of the sales pitches around this is behind, if you do this workout, you'll look like that. Right, which yeah. isn't true. If you buy this food program, you know, you're going to drop uh, drop 14 pounds in the first 10 days. It's right. Like, uh, okay. Which, right. Those, those are all the, the, so I would call that the sales tricks or the sales gimmicks to the train track that's been laid that quick right. fix, instant gratification. You know, we all have that, that out there around us. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're not a good delayed gratification person, or if you are, have attentional deficit disorder, <laughs> if you have certain maladies that get in the way of your impulsivity to want. Wow, you may have just they hit on mark, it. They market to that, and that is one of the reasons why people fail yeah. at weight loss or weight control. You may have just hit on the key of this whole discussion about Which? your resolution being a failure by the 20th. People, we have no relationship with delayed gratification anymore. Right. And so people need, they want that result. I, they want to lose 10 pounds in a week. Right. Uh, end of January, that's four weeks. I'd be able to lose 20 pounds. It's not right. that easy. No. Right? No. And especially, and people don't realize, so if, you, if you're if you a 300-pound person and you want to lose 20 or 30 pounds in a couple of weeks, you could probably, if, if I gave you a lifestyle program to stay by that's yep. clean and healthy and with a little bit of exercise, just some walking, you'll lose that. Right. But if you're the, the early pounds, are easy. pounds yeah. and you're five, seven, and you want to lose 30 pounds, it's not happening in three weeks yeah. because that's not how the body, you don't have enough fat and right. en- you have fat for you, but you don't have enough fat to drop it that fast. It's going to be more on a delayed gratification right. method, just like the 300 pound person is going to lose those 30, 40 pounds. And as they get closer to their ideal weight for who they are, their height and weight and all that they're going to slow down yeah. and their weight loss is only going to be X amount over time based on the lifestyle 
a pound a week, two pounds a week tops. Yeah, those first pounds are easy. Yes. You get into it, it, it gets a lot more difficult. The last pounds are the toughest ones. Exactly. Plus, it's the difference between uh, diet and, and lifestyle. And right. everyone uses the and this catchphrase, and everybody rolls their eyes. It's it's a lifestyle. It's, it's not a diet, it, it, but it, it, it totally it's is. true. Because diet diet is restrictive. Diet is deficit, mm -hmm. and and it's and diets are loaded with I can't have, I don't eat that, I won't eat that. Um, and if you're disciplined, you might get there, right. but you're not going to sustain it. Right. And chances are you bounce back worse. Well, and that's and that's the yeah. problem with diets. I mean, if you look at any of the dietary research and, and, and all the articles written on diets and why they fail and why there's a multi-billion dollar business mm -hmm. is because people keep doing exactly this process as opposed to lifestyle changers or people who follow a lifestyle of healthy, you know, I think I've said this months ago in a show about Mediterranean diet i wish they wouldn't call it the diet because i think it's just the mediterranean lifestyle it's a mm -hmm. healthier way of eating because yep. it follows pretty close to how the body really works um if if you stick to that it's not a diet it's just like it's yeah. it's just the way you eat it's water yeah. <laughs> there's water yep. it's water and it's a combination of you know uh, you know high high water-based foods that process really quickly, fill you up because they have the water content, hence the water again, and then staying away from things that are dense and low and, and you know, have the density that's like a heavy weight. Mm -hmm. So think about like a piece of red meat. I love red meat. But it ha there's no, you know, like think about you can't wring it out like a sponge right. and then you take like a handful of grapes. You can wring them out. There's water. So they're both... They're not bad for you, but one's going to be a weight gainer more than the other. Right. Even though this one has more sugar in it, this one has more water content, so it's going to be easier than this one that's going to sit heavy on you. So when people have, you know, the jokes about Thanksgiving or big meals, and they say, I have a meat coma. Well, because there's not a lot of water content, and right. you are going into a coma because it's, it's satiating you temporarily, and that's why all of a sudden in an hour you want to open-faced turkey sandwich with stuffing because there's no stuffing and mashed potatoes right. mashed potatoes not so much as bad but stuffing mashed potatoes um you know uh, all the things that you know the string bean casserole with the things that have the fried stuff on them yeah uh, they're all no water so they sit like a lead balloon on you make you feel terrible and then they burn and then you want more of those instead of if you had had the turkey like this is going back to what we talked about for yep. holidays. The turkey with you know vegetables that were clean, maybe a little teaspoon because you don't have to not eat it, but a teaspoon of stuffing, and you know maybe some a baked potato, not mashed potato, or yep. a mashed potato that's clean. You're gonna be not having that because your body's gonna feel like oh I've got enough water in it, and that's really the lifestyle changes that come down to mental health wellness to make good challenge changes are about water. But when you put when you use the term lifestyle change, especially in regards to weight loss, what people are thinking is a lifetime of diet. And that's exactly not what you're talking about. No, because lifetime yeah. of diet gets those, gets people into the, I'm never going to have dessert again. I yeah. can't eat that. I yep. don't want that. You know, And it's about, so, and it's not about I don't want that because I shouldn't say that. Because I do this lifestyle, as you know. And it's not that I say I don't, because sometimes I say I don't want that. Because I'd rather have, right. I'd rather feel full and not feel junky. At the end of the year, coming into this last month or so, I, I did a little bit of extra here or there of things. And then right as soon as I got to January 1st, like by the 3rd, 4th, I went right back to, I'm not doing 
any yeah. of those because they just made me feel bad and it's a reminder it doesn't take me long to go Ugh, those things yeah. make me feel crappy well as i always describe it when people talk how do you lose weight and i talk about it, i said i just don't eat stupid 100 percent of the time exactly and exactly because it's not about denying right you can have you can have that slice of pizza you can have you know you can have a little dessert or an oreo or something but you're not doing it seven nights a week well and and i and i can't reiterate this enough is when you do the but it's only any day that ends in Y. But it's only today. <laughs> yeah. It's only one time. If you do that every day with dessert, you're going to be a weight gainer. Yeah. Or if you do that every day with something that, if you're saying that, here's the better way to say it. If you're saying to yourself or to your family or to your friends that, oh, it's just today. I'm just going to have it today. And you're doing that multiple times a week. Yeah. You're no. you're lying to yourself. You're in denial. Right. Because that's you know it's better to i say it's better to say i'm eating it because i'm eating it yeah i'm eating i'm eating those chips because i'm eating them and i'm you know it's great that you're not going to eat bread and at the same time you just ate a whole thing of a poopoo platter and you just ate dessert so yeah. you might as well have the bread <laughs> yep. uh, because they're all in the same family they have no water content they have nothing that's actually doing anything for your body except fulfilling it for an emotional now there's nothing wrong with having fried chicken fingers once in a while but if you're doing that and then the next day you're having pizza and then the next day you're having you know spaghetti yep. and like that and you expect you're going to lose weight and yep. be happy right always tying them together that's not going to work like that you know and and for people that say i don't eat vegetables well that's that's not going to help you because what's your staple if you don't eat your veg if you don't eat vegetables you don't find something you're going to be very limited on what yeah. your 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 go-tos are. You're going to be the most people that say that to me are very starch-based, heavy starch-based, not like the the healthy clean carb. They're yeah. much more pasta, potato, french fries, tater tots, bread, um, heavy heavy carbs. And, and the so, positive part of this is once you get into that lifestyle, you just crave it less and it doesn't work for you the same way. Right. And like for example, I love red meat too. Right. If I have a steak once every two months, that's, you know, that's a lot for me. Right. And I love it, but I don't feel that good after eating it. Right. And, you know. So, and I, and I love, I'm, I'm a red meat eater. I, in the past 20 days, since the first, yeah. I've gone back to no red meat. I feel so much better. So much better. And I love red meat. Yep. You know, and it's, it's a staple. Sugar. At least once, or, it's a staple in my house yep. for at least once a week, sometimes twice, but I just don't feel good yeah. when I eat it because not because it's not, it's not that it's not good for you. It's, it doesn't have the water content in it like chicken or fish. Slogs me down. I feel, yeah. And, yeah, it just, and yeah. so I think it, in, in not beating on the exact foods here, it's more about paying attention to your body when you eat something to say, Ooh, that makes me feel like this. But right now sugar is helping people feel good when they eat sugar. Right. Once you get into this a little bit, you don't want the sugar. You don't like no. the sugar. No, and you can find, and the sugars come from the things that are that are clean. You get sugars from broccoli. Yeah. You get sugars from making. It doesn't have to be flat and boring and just steamed and yucky. It's there's all kinds of different ways to make really great tasting food. You know, if you like scrambled eggs, great scrambled eggs and put like your favorite vegetable in it, even if it's a tomato, it, yeah. so that it makes it something fun for you. There's so many combinations, and people think that. A lifestyle that's healthy, here are the examples. A lifestyle that's healthy is expensive, 
no, eating out at McDonald's and eating pizzas five times a week is expensive, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it's expensive. And also it's, it's boring. No, it's not. You just, you just, that's like your lifestyle thought process. It's you're stuck in that thought process that it's not anything but I have to eat vegetables. Yeah. That's not what this lifestyle you know, there's is. There's a million so things you can do. We don't with, know anything outside of that. There's a million things you can do with a chicken breast. Oh my I mean, God. It's just right. a million things. And there's a million do. things that you can do with a potato. Like you can eat a potato and then there's a million things you can do with it. And it's not adding cheese and ranch dressing. Yeah. <laughs> and by the it's way, on, on, this, ranch dressing. on the side, you can throw peppers, you can, you can throw onions and yeah. you can almost eat as much as you want exactly. on, the, on the sweet side, blueberries, strawberries, you can almost exactly. eat as much as you want. Well, I, so I have a client that's doing this change over in the past two months and cause they wanted to start it in, in December. So they, and they love potatoes and they didn't want to be without potatoes. They were good without bread. They were good. So, so the, the, the deal was that they would not eat the pasta and all that stuff, but that they could have bacon. So they change up once or twice a week. They have their potato with sour cream light and regular butter, because I'm a big fan of just regular butter. You should use full-fat butter because it's good for you in that way. And then and then put bacon, turkey bacon, chicken bacon, regular bacon, and yep. that makes them happy because they're getting their need met of their it's an emotional need sure right and so and that's what i try to teach my clients who are doing relational food issues is that you're everything's an emotional attachment whether it's you eating your reese's peanut butter cup or your bowl of ice cream oh, at had night to bring or your those handful up. of popcorn <laughs> or your right <laughs> had to bring reese's up i know yeah. yes well i have i have come to have a a an all of a sudden allergy to peanut butter in the past uh Six months for some reason, so I like a physiological been, allergy. I have a physiological late onset all peanut of butter. All of a sudden, yeah. I don't know what happened. I not that everyone wants to know this, but all of a sudden, I don't know. I was wow. on the phone with a client who actually probably is listening today. I believe she is. I was on the phone. All of a sudden, I said, "I have to get off the phone." Because I had just had a. I'm a notorious scooper of peanut butter as a quick sugar natural and i eat natural peanut butter i ate it and i'm like and she's like what's wrong and i said i just ate a scoop of peanut butter and i don't feel good and i'll call you back kind of thing i, did, I couldn't call her back i had to text her and say i'm so sick and so i thought oh maybe it was the peanut butter nope it's peanut butter so wow. and i've tested it out here and there reese's peanut butter cups do not sit well with me i've had one doesn't sit well and the only time it hasn't is this wonderful restaurant that I go to up north, which I won't tell anyone because I don't want anyone going and taking <laughs> it over. But they make a, a Thai peanut noodle dish. Oh, yeah. And it's the only time, like, I'll eat noodles like that. I mean, I'll eat spaghetti noodles, but like that. Um, and I had them make me a teeny little bit of it just to taste it, just to see. And it sat okay. So I've I've dabbled over into that, but I think it's the way that he makes it. So God love you, Dan, for making my dish the way I love it. But straight regular peanut butter, I got a problem. Do it's you still I'm, do? Oh, speaking of, it's because I'm getting older. I'm going to be 27 again next <laughs> yeah. Wednesday, and therefore yeah. it must be my age. Do you eat regular peanut butter, oil based? Yes. Yeah. See, I'm doing the uh, powdered peanut butter. Um, the only water. time I've done powdered yeah. is when I use. I used to put it in protein shakes. Yeah. And then it I used put to, it in food too. Yeah. And it gave me that chalky taste, yeah. and I was like, ugh couldn't do the texture of it anymore even when it was in a protein shake so i went away from it yeah. but i'm not eating any peanut butter now so yeah. almond butter yes no peanut butter for the current so except for dan who cooks for me at 
my place. And another here. hint, and I know this is hard for people with families. If you're not, if you don't want to eat the food, don't have it in the house. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, right. again, or it's hard when you have kids. Or if you don't want your kids eating the food, don't put it in the house. Yeah. Oh, especially. Well, that's right. a lesson you should have learned as a parent anyway. Right. Well, you well, you, I don't know if you'd be surprised by this, but I could tell you some snack drawers that I've seen in homes that, mm, mm. oh, we eat healthy until you open up a snack drawer. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> wow. That's quite the snack drawer. Yep. You know, if it's, if it's loaded with Pringles and Oreos and pretzels and granola bars that are loaded with sugar, it's probably not a really good drawer. Yeah. But nonetheless. And a great answer for kids when they want this stuff is, eh, we don't have any. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And um, it's a great answer for yourself, too. Yeah, because, well, because, right. And, and if you don't have it around, it, you know, it's it's not going to become your train track. It just doesn't become, it, you get so used to it. I'm and throwing my daughter's, I'm throwing my girlfriend's daughter under the bus. Oh, she? Like when there's stuff in the house and I don't want it in the house, go, you take that home. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you, well, I have. You brought have, those Oreos? That's fine. I'll have one. Take them back when you leave. <laughs> See, I have I have a, a built-in, as as you know, that John, the love of my life, um, <laughs> I don't ever get to see the light of day of most like shoots of cookies, Girl Scout cookies, oh, yeah. or I could bring it. He in the takes house, the hit for you. They, I, I I am lucky if I see the the box will remain, and I'll go to maybe have one like six months in. And much to my surprise, the box is usually empty, and it's either been my dad used to do this too, um, he, and I'm sure he still does, but he would put the chute back in empty, close the box back up, and put it in so that I wouldn't know. So I, I, I love uh, you, John, but I know you do that. Or he'll stick it back in the freezer it's not right. as if it's. He's yeah. like, oh, I forgot. So I actually don't have to worry because those things come into my house. I never see them. Like I bought, as an aside, and I'm sure we can all relate to this. I like, I will. He loves Danish, so mm -hmm. I the entom ent anything entomans yeah. is like death sentence for me. But yeah. you know, for all my gluten issues. But I brought it in like a couple weeks ago, right before the first for the holidays, whatever. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, and that's I good, always, but he doesn't always, have to leave the so remains. That's... He thinks he's so sneaky too. He's probably like cursing me out on the other <laughs> side of this right now. But he he'll open up the box, and he's notorious for not opening the box like a normal person. It's like ripped to shreds, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is that? I, I think, no offense, but I think it's a male thing. <laughs> no, it's not, because I got the same issue. Okay, well I don't know. I just experiences like. What is it wrong with people? They can't like just oh, it, there's a lip that opens up and it. I don't know. We've got, the dog loves pepperoni, uh -huh. and we use it as treats. Yeah, and she buys for some godforsaken. I'm Italian, right? She buys Hormel pepperoni. Uh -huh. It's like don't even bring that stuff in my house. That's disgusting. It really is. It's processed junk. It really is. Ugh, <laughs> blasphemy to pepperoni. But the other day, I'm looking in the. Uh, I'm looking in this. The pepperoni bag is in a Ziploc bag and i'm going what's going on there and i open it up and what happened was it had you know they have the openings that reseal yeah oh no she why bother doing that she couldn't she took a knife and just cut open the side of it and it's like <laughs> see i have one of those in my house too what's the, the point of that cheese you know that has the pullback you can reclose it yeah yeah well right john just cut the end off <laughs> oh god and then and then exactly the same thing you see it in the in the ziploc bag you go, why is it there and then you go oh that's why <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many. There's so many I was, bridges to There were so many frustrations. One. Yeah, because I'm, first of all, the Hormel pepperoni is back. Don't have that in my house. Secondly, it's in a bag, and she's just sliced, sliced open the size of the bag. Well, what happened here? 
I couldn't get it open. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, yeah. I, I feel your pain on that one, yeah. for sure, in lots of different ways. So yeah. now that I've thrown my lovely husband under the bus, I'm sure I'll come home to many misshapen boxes of stuff yeah. when I get home. Um, so we're going to wrap up the show. Now, for all the listeners, next week we're going to be going live on Monday. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go live on Monday. Oh, we're not going live on Monday? Oh, no, we can. Oh. I thought the idea was to tape and play it on Wednesday, but we'll go live on Monday, oh. sure. Well, what would you like to do? Because I thought, okay. Either well, way. Okay, it's so, fine by me. well, it's my show. So we're going yeah, exactly. <laughs> to go live on Monday, the 25th. Yep. Um, at 1230? Yes. 12.30 p.m. on Monday the 25th, but you will load it right up afterwards. And so if people want to watch it Wednesday at 9.45, oh, sure. yeah. they can certainly do that. But the reason why is because it's my birthday. Yes. And I have no shame in telling the world that it's my birthday and it's my 27th birthday. And I got a beautiful card from one of my listeners yesterday celebrating my 27th birthday. So I'd like to pay, pay tribute to their beautiful <laughs> card that they sent me. And um, they actually hand-delivered it. They, the family had signed it to let me know that they were thinking of me on my anniversary of my 27th birthday. And so I will not be here on Wednesday, but I will be going <laughs> live on Monday. And we will talk about, let's talk about psychological aging gracefully Ooh. or not. <laughs> Why are you looking at me when you're saying that? What? <laughs> Why are you looking at me when you're saying that? Because you're right in front of me. <laughs> um, but anyway, so for anyone that has missed any of my podcasts, obviously you know where to go. You can get them at your favorite podcast channels, or you can go to my website, GameFaceSportConsulting.com, uh, or you can go to your daily Game Face on Facebook, and please like, share, and distribute this show, and yes. have a wonderful, happy week. And we'll see you Monday at 1230. Yeah. Special, special edition. Special edition. <laughs>